Today, Rinpoche went over various points about the Bodhisattva vow, how one engages in the ritual of achieving the Bodhisattva vow, who's a proper vessel for receiving the Bodhisattva vow, and who is a proper teacher to give the Bodhisattva vow. Just finding the exact spot. Rimche wanted us to get started um, at a precise spot. It's 320. Vijipa. Okay, so we're going to be on page 61 in the English. It's the actual fifth chapter, the beginning of the fifth chapter. What's it say, Tsar? JP say, Okay, uh, so um, this fourth section uh, has a major heading um, just in, in terms of the, uh, the general outline. Uh, we're looking at Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, specifically the section in training the mind in the stage of the path for beings of great capacity. Um, and we've uh, made it in that section uh, to the fourth category in the outline, if you've been following, and it's called How to Adopt the Spirit of Enlightenment Through Its Ritual. Uh, so this means um, how do you take the Bodhisattva vow who can give the Bodhisattva vow, who is a vessel to receive the Bodhisattva vow. Um, so this is what this fourth category is referring to, um, the ceremony that we do uh, where the teacher recites something and then the students repeat those words uh, is part of this section number four, how to adopt the spirit of enlightenment through a ritual. So repeating after a teacher, what kind of teacher is needed, what kind of student is needed, etc. So those are the topics that we'll go over uh, under this uh, main section, how to adopt the spirit of enlightenment through its ritual. <laughs> Chuchin 
So when we look at this um, section, how to adopt the spirit of enlightenment through its ritual, Jayan Sheva's commentary um, shows that there are two sections uh, under this uh, fourth category. The first section is a summary of the truth, um, or uh, the actual truth, summary of the truth. And then the second category is an expanded explanation or an expanded expression, expanded points. Um, so we begin with a quote from Lord Atisha, and this would be under the category of the um, uh, summary of truth or... Uh, you could, um, I was just, that's what I was speaking with Rinpoche about. I was trying to figure out the best way to translate this word do. It's do-demba. Um, so Rimche said that the do is more of the word of a summary, and the denba means truth or uh, points, etc. So summary of points, summary of truth. So the first category is that, uh, and we find this quote from Lord Atisha that says, Those who wish to train after they generate the spirit of enlightenment cultivate with effort for a long time the four bases of Brahma, love, and so on. Thereby they clear away attachment and jealousy and produce the spirit of enlightenment through the correct ritual. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Once you have trained your mind in this way and have firm certainty about developing the spirit of enlightenment, take part in the ritual for adopting it. Uh, the explanation of how to adopt the spirit of enlightenment through its ritual has three parts. So there's going to be three categories to this section, uh, which is called, according to Jayan Sheba, the expanded explanation. Uh, so attaining that which you have not attained is the first category. Maintaining and not weakening what you have attained. And third, the method of repairing the spirit of enlightenment if you do weaken it. 
so we find these three points um, in the Vinaya as well, uh, when we find it in reference to the individual liberation vows. Uh, we have the method for repairing and so forth. Uh, we find the sojourn uh, for the monks and nuns who've taken the individual liberation vows uh, for ordained. Uh, we have sojourn, which is an acknowledgement of downfalls, um, a reparation or a pairing of vows. Um, and the householder vows, I was just speak, that's what I asked Rinpoche, is there a sojourn for householder vows? And he said that there is actually a, a ceremony uh, for householder vows. Um, that you can uh, attain that which you have not attained, how you would, the method for attaining it, maintaining and not weakening what you've uh, attained, and the method of repairing the spirit of enlightenment if you do weaken it. Um, so uh, if this were uh, in terms of those individual liberation vows, there would be methods and so forth that are specific to the individual liberation vows. This section is specific to the bodhisattva vows themselves getting them through a ritual, maintaining them after the ritual, and if you've broken a vow of some sort, how you would repair that vow. Um, so these are the, the three categories um, that are presented here and are similar, similarly, I have a trouble with that word, presented in the Vinaya uh, in reference to other vows. あ、ディクションルームチェ。ダスルムトヤセダンガトルデンデトヤマロガネチゴレセナ。ンとティティパイブダトヌナスルムラブマルベ。レセ。ナムシャンチュセムトワシャパハス。シャンチュセムトワ
to the founder Bhagavan, Tathagata Arhat, perfectly completed Buddha, glorious conqueror, Shakyamuni, I prostrate. By saying that, uh, we find commentaries that say certain numbers of, of uh, eons of non-virtue are purified just by reading that name. And by reading the next name, the, the Tathagata Radiant Jewel, I prostrate, certain number of eons of misdeeds are purified. So we find commentaries that show um, the number of eons precisely that are purified just by reciting these lines. Uh, so we can see the power of the 35 Buddhas uh, when we look at it in terms of just reciting on one line of it, one homage to uh, 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 the conqueror uh, being uh, able to purify so many eons of non-virtue. What is so we find in the sutra teachings, I'm not going to be able to exact quote it, but that um, that when the proper opponents are applied, that even the non-virtues, such as the five heinous crimes, uh, can be purified. There are no misdeeds that are not reversible if the proper opponent or purification has been presented. We find this in Sutra. Um, so, um, so this quote is in regards to um, a specific recitation. I'm so, I, maybe at the break I can find the prayer. It's like a 35 Buddhist prayer. Um, I think it's the Great Muam, something aspiration, the Great Aspiration to Enlightenment or something like that, even has the ability to purify the five heinous crimes. Um, so uh, I lost my, my point. Oh, so by reciting this and, and um, uh, sutras like the 35 Buddhas of Confession, we are able to abandon the misdeeds that we have created. So by reciting the 35 Buddhas and the, this other um, aspirational prayer, uh, we're able to purify mi our misdeeds, and it's similar to uh, washing the stain away from uh, cloth. What does the rabbi say? Okay. 
Now, the first category, um, when we look at the, the second point that Jayan Sheba makes, the expanded explanation, um, uh, that, that um, hey, let me start that over again. The first category, which is attaining that which you have not attained, uh, um, we find that there are three categories. This all falls under the category of the expanded explanation, the second point of Jayan Sheba's commentary. Um, and attaining which you have not attained has three points. The person before whom you adopt the spirit of enlightenment. So the teacher, um, uh, the lama that gives you the bodhisattva vows. The second category, the persons who adopt the spirit of enlightenment. So whom, who is a proper vessel for receiving the bodhisattva vows? What kind of person should receive the bodhisattva vows? And then third, how to take part in the ritual of adopting the spirit of enlightenment. Um, so this is um, how do you go about uh, receiving this bodhisattva vow? Um, you engage in uh, some sort of recitation uh, and, and repeat after the Lama and so forth. Uh, so this is how to take part in the ritual, what you do um, when you're um, getting the bodhisattva vow. Um, so these are um, the three categories. Uh, and when we look at uh, great, ve great vehicle mind generation or bodhicitta, we can divide that into th um, two categories, aspirational bodhicitta and engaged bodhicitta. Um, so the definition of great vehicle mind generation is a consciousness which is the entrance to the great vehicle arisen in association with a wish, which is its own aid, that aims at the perfect enlightenment for the sake of others. Um, so uh, this is the definition of uh, bodhicitta. And then again, there are these two kinds. Um, then Rinpoche, the Musen Jusen, the Dondai Chiran, the Lapsoen. So 
the difference between aspirational bodhicitta and engaged bodhicitta is as the following. Once one achieves the mind that aspires to enlightenment or generates uh, the spirit of awakening, bodhicitta, at that point it's called aspiring bodhicitta. After the person realizes bodhicitta, then he or she takes the bodhisattva vow. After he or she has taken the bodhisattva vow and has bodhicitta, at that point the bodhicitta becomes engaged bodhicitta. They become an engaged bodhisattva instead of aspiring bodhisattva, aspiring bodhicitta. Um, so the difference, the line of demarcation between aspiring and engaged is the bodhisattva vow itself. And it has to be taken by a bodhisattva. Uh, so that means that the person taking the bodhisattva vow has bodhicitta. Then Jolang, good so good. Jolang, Chandra, that Jolang, 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 the Jusen Cha, the Chishin Din Chambo? Uh, we look at these two types of bodhicitta, aspiring bodhicitta and engaged bodhicitta. When one realizes bodhicitta, that's the aspiring bodhicitta, and that is the first stage of the path of accumulation. When we look at the five Mahayana paths, the path of accumulation, the path of preparation, the path of seeing, the path of meditation, and the path of no more learning, when we examine these five paths, the first of the Mahayana paths first path of accumulation is when we realize bodhicitta. Um, so at any point in time um, after that, when you take the bodhisattva vow, then it becomes engaged bodhicitta. Um, and it is said um, that if it is a bodhisattva, if he or she is a bodhisattva on the path of preparation, the path of seeing, the path of meditation or the path of no more learning, that bodhisattva is necessarily has engaged bodhicitta once he or she has reached the path of preparation. Now, Rimache and I were talking. Now, the path of accumulation itself has three different categories, small, medium, and great. So I was asking if there is some part of the path of accumulation in those levels where we can say there's a chop, which means it is necessarily 
uh, a, an engaged bodhicitta, if one has reached one of these levels. And Rinpoche said he believes we could say that the, the small level, which is the first level of the path of accumulation, is an aspiring bodhicitta, and the medium and great level of the path of accumulation, we can say, is when one has uh, transformed into an engaged bodhisattva, um, or has engaged bodhicitta. But with, so we can say, he says, it, so it's sufficient to say that, but we can certainly say what we can quote from scripture is that if it is a bodhisattva on the path of preparation, seeing, meditation, or no more learning, that bodhisattva necessarily has engaged bodhicitta. Um, so when looking at the mantra of the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, Teyata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisoha, within that the five paths are implicitly taught. So the path of Teyata Om Gate is the first path of accumulation, gate, preparation, paragate, uh, seeing, parasangati, meditation, bodhisoha, um, no more learning. So that first gate um, is the path of accumulation, and it's the first stage of the path of accumulation where one generates bodhicitta and becomes a bodhisattva. Um, so that mantra is so important um, because we find 15 paths presented within that mantra. Teata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangati Bodhisoha. We find the five paths of the hearer's vehicle presented, the five paths of the solitary realizer's vehicle presented, and the five paths of the um, uh, bodhisattva vehicle presented. So just within that one mantra of the Heart Sutra, implicitly we find those 15 pathways. Decent. <laughs> Um, so, the person before whom you adopt the spirit of enlightenment, who can give this bodhisattva vow? What kind of teacher? Uh, aside from saying in his stages of activities of the guru, uh, the guru Kriya Krama, that the person before whom you adopt the spirit of enlightenment should be a master who is qualified, the great elder did not elucidate any further. Former teachers asserted that it was not sufficient for the person whom 
you adopt the spirit of enlightenment just to have the aspirational spirit of enlightenment and to be maintaining its precepts. But here she must have the vows of engaged spirit of enlightenment. Um, so <clears throat> here it's saying that the preceptor um, not only has to have the uh, bodhisattva um, know the bodhisattva way, um, um, not only have bodhicitta, mean, meaning, um, but also have engaged bodhicitta. The, so the master should have taken the bodhisattva vows. And as a translator's note, it's pre-assuming that it's, he or she's a bodhicitta because it's saying here, person who takes bodhisattva vows has to have bodhicitta. So the person who gives the vows has to be a bodhisattva, it says here, and has to be a bodhisattva who has engaged bodhicitta, so an engaged bodhisattva. Um, now, Rinpoche is saying, uh, Rinpoche is saying, I myself, he's uh, saying that because we aren't real bodhisattvas, um, and you and I aren't real bodhisattvas, um, we can do what is a facsimile of this experience and leave imprints of this experience. So even though I'm not a bodhisattva, um, I can create a facsimile of the vow, which will later ripen into when our karmas are um, ready, an actual bodhisattva vow. Um, so this is a... Um, just as a translator's note, Rinpoche is being very humble now. Uh, he's speaking about himself. Um, so he's saying, I myself, even though I'm not, I'm not a real bodhisattva, it's a great benefit to do this because it leaves imprints for all of us when we all are actually ready um, to, to develop these, these vows. Um, so when Rinpoche gives the vow ceremony, um, he's saying it's a similar it's similar to a vow. It's a facsimile of a vow. And as the translators know, obviously, everyone has to identify whether they're bodhisattvas or not. I know I'm not. So it's not possible to even receive a bodhisattva vow without having bodhicitta. So we're all just, it's not pretending, but in a sense it is so that we leave imprints of familiarity when we're really spiritually realized enough and ready. Decent. Oh, yeah. <coughs> ตาตะนะชุชุบะปะเจจินจอชุชุบะชุบะเลยินจินเตตุจูเนยินจินเตตุชอจุเซมิตุมะติยินจินเตตุจูเนเซนจิบะลายินทุยเชบะเนยินท
So this this section, Rimche just went back. It confused me. I thought we were always moving forward. So uh, this section, uh, um, uh, where we find the person before whom you adopt the spirit of enlightenment, there are two categories according to Jayan Sheba's commentary. Uh, first, the basis uh, and then the second category, which is the um, <coughs> doubts or addressing of doubts. Um, so the um, second the Second section, the resolution of doubts or addressing doubts, uh, debate, sometimes we translate it as, um, uh, is the point here that's made about the shravakas, um, where it says that some uh, points have been made in the past that shravakas do the bodhisattva vow ritual. Um, and in here, uh, Lama Tsongkhapa is clarifying that that's not correct. So it's the um, dispelling doubts or getting at rid of doubts section. Um, so. There are two parts within the first um, section of the first section. So does it make sense? Attaining this, that which you have not attained has three parts. The first part is the person before, before whom you adopt the spirit of enlightenment. That section has two parts, the basises and uh, dispelling doubts or a debate. Oh, so we find uh, these points are not made by Jayan Sheba Rimche saying it's actually Ngawan Rapje. There are four commentators in this commentary Rimche is using, and there's a little letter above each line about who's saying what, and this is actually Ngawan Rapje's point uh, that's being made about this. They're, it's called the four interwoven commentaries, four authors. <laughs> Conglen <laughs> Then, Lee 
Sedatan Shinji Chawa, Shesun Batar, Kashi Bataji, Lanji Rimbal Lujambe, Shanjuji Sela Yinju, Nuanjunzi, Nuanjunzi Nebashila, Sheba Yinos, Water London Devalu, the Lambit Tent, Water Nisha Water, Lambit Lambit Shanju, Shanju Sambit Nova Lambit Tent, La. ロアディトゥノノカジユスロアディガンゲンセナデチュワデユレイデワンドゥンデデガデレンジャシャンジュセベノバレンデトラトレネドアディトガアユミレサレサレワテトチュデトチュデデマレサレベテンザタレリジポ
So the persons who adopt the spirit of enlightenment have trained their mind in the stages of the path explained earlier and have thereby gained some transformative experience with respect to the spirit of enlightenment. Um, so here it's having trained their mind in the stage of the path explained earlier. So that the train the mind in the stage of the path shared in common with beings of small capacity. Train their mind in the stage of the path in common with beings of medium capacity. And all of those practices for beings of great capacity that lead up to the actual experience of bodhicitta and then the vow taking uh, uh, and, and taking the, the vow. Um, so, let's see here. ロアディトゴラシャンチュセンバユセルドアディトゴラシャンチュセンバユセルドアディトゴラシャンチュセンバユセルドアディトゴラシャンチュセンバユセルドアディトゴラシャンチュセンバユセルドアディトゴラシャ
So now we have how to take part uh, in the ritual of adopting the spirit of enlightenment. So the explanation of how to take part in the ritual of adopting the spirit of enlightenment has three parts. The preparation for the ritual, the actual ritual, and the conclusion of the ritual. So we begin with the preparation for the ritual. The, uh, so there's three parts there. Preparing the special uh, practice of going for refuge, amassing a collection of merit, uh, and purifying your attitude. So we begin with performing the special practice of going for refuge, which then again has three parts. Um, first, uh, after decorating the place of ritual and setting up representations of the three jewels, arranging the offerings. Uh, the, the karmachik, okay. then sujachu, Second is supplications and going for refuge, and third, stating the precepts of refuge. So first is after decorating the place of, ri of the ritual and setting up representations of the three jewels and arranging offerings. So first, you set up, make a neat 
area, clean it, set up representations of the three jewels. You see we have Buddha Shakyamuni in a very large form, many tankas all around. We have representations in many different forms of the three jewels here. And then we have many offerings out, many flowers and oranges and cookies and so forth. Uh, and many of uh, the banners and, and uh, the canopies and, and parasols and so forth. So we have all of these uh, decorations that are all forms of offerings uh, in order to have the center arranged in such a way for any type of ritual that will take place because it's a temple. Um, so that's the reason why we have these because it's it announced in the advices in the texts. Uh, so we're going to take a short break now uh, yeah, and for tea one. and we will we'll be right back. The Ngaitriwa there, Rinpoche. Yeah. Okay, so now we're on, again, section number three. Uh, attaining that which you have not attained, there are three parts. Uh, we've completed uh, the person before whom you adopt the spirit of enlightenment and the persons who adopt the spirit of enlightenment. And now we're on how to take part in the ritual of adopting the spirit of enlightenment. So here, how to take part in the ritual of adopting the spirit of enlightenment. We're going to go over points, and it'll be very similar to when we ourselves uh, engage in the, the um, Mahayana uh, vows, when we take the um, Mahayana one-day vows, we do a bodhisattva vow ceremony. And it's very similar to what will be explained uh, here. Yes, lasso. <laughs> Tambo <laughs> the indicator you're the Jimba, Japa, Mar, Kanga 
performing the special practice of going for refuge. After decorating the place of ritual and setting up representations of the three jewels, arranging the offerings. So that's where we'll go. Make a neat and purify a place in an area devoid of sinful beings. And there spread about and anoint the area with the five cow products, urine, dung, butter, milk, and yogurt, as well as with marvelous scented waters of sandalwood, etc., and scatter about fragrant cut flowers. Now, this was written a long time ago, so this scattering of these five cow products um, was, is more for the time period. Here, it's saying to uh, um, basically anoint the areas. Uh, and these five, five cow products are the urine, dung, iastra, and because they're in parentheses. They're not in the Tibetan. The urine, uh, dung, butter, milk, and yogurt. Uh, but Rinpoche just said that for, this is for the time. That's all he said. As well as with marvelous scented waters of sandalwood, etc. So incense, flowers, wonderful things uh, scattered around and scatter about fragrant cut flowers. Arrange on high thrones, small thrones, or platforms representations of the three jewels and have been, that have been cast in metal or made with other materials, volumes of scripture and the like, and images of bodhisattvas. Prepare as well as you are able objects of offering, such as canopies and the like, as well as flowers and so forth, and make ready musical instruments, food, ornaments, etc. Then prepare a throne for the teacher and decorate it with flowers. So here... The Chen Rezig Center, we see all the advices that have been presented in the Lamrim Chemo, and we've tri we try to follow all of them. We have incense around. We have uh, a throne with volumes of scripture. We have the Kanjur, the Tanjur, uh, all of the texts of uh, Lama Tsongkhapa and his two spiritual sons, Kirtabjay and Jelsabjay, and, and Penchinson Andrapa's collected works. We have many images with the Buddha in the forefront, Buddha Shakyamuni with all the images of the Nalanda scholars and so forth, all the bodhisattvas images around, uh, images of bodhisattvas, prepare as well able objects of offerings such as canopies and the like. So these are canopies. Rinpoche said all of these uh, cloths are considered canopies, uh, and as well as flowers and so forth. So you see all the representations of flowers, uh, actual flowers, fake flowers, lamp flowers. Uh, and then so forth, and also make ready musical instruments, food. You find drums around, and uh, there's a damaru there, and bells all around, so you see all the instruments, and food. You see many offerings of food on the altar, and ornaments, many different ornaments you see all over the center. Then prepare a throne for the teacher and decorate it with flowers. Um, former teachers say that you should... First, accumulate merit by venerating and serving the community and by giving, offering cakes to the spirits. So here, there's just more information Lama Tsongkhapa has pulled um, from various other texts where ad other advices have been given by great masters. And here, uh, making offerings to the spiritual community, the ordained monks and nuns, um, and then making offerings to the spirits uh, for them, and so forth. And it says... In the Sutra of the Auspicious Eon, if you have no offerings, you can accomplish this even through offering just the fringe of some cloth. So here it's saying that it's, if you don't have anything to offer, it doesn't mean you can't do this. Just offering a piece of uh, a lint, or a, uh, it's a fringe of cloth, like a, um, a, a, a uh, thread, that's the word I'm looking for, just a thread from a, a piece of cloth of yours, 
would be suffice with the right motivation of offering. So it's not saying that you have to make offerings of huge material amounts. It's saying if you can, that's wonderful, but if you can't, the motivation is what's important, and even offering a thread from a cloth would serve the, uh, the purpose that we're presenting here. Um, but if you have the resources, you must seek offerings earnestly and without deceit and arrange them in a way that your friends would be astounded. So it's saying um, to arrange them in a way that's wonderful, um, but the motivation isn't to astound friends. It's just the, the way this is written in English, I just want to clarify it. It's just saying do it in such a way that is marvelous, so marvelous that others would be astounded. But it's not saying do it so you impress your friends at, at all in the English, in the Tibetan. Uh, when some Tibetan teachers ask the great elder to confer the ritual for generating the spirit of enlightenment at Sanyak and Mangyul, he said they would not generate it because they had made inferior offerings. Their, their offerings were not motivated correctly. They had the wrong motivation. They had some sort of negativity. And then he gave them advice on what to do. And he said further that with respect to representations, you must have a consecrated image of Shakyamuni Buddha, the founder of the teaching, in respect to volumes of the scripture. You should have a perfection of wisdom sutra as big or bigger than the verse of summary, the perfection of wisdom in 8,000 lines. After you have done this, as he explained in the stages of activities of the guru, you invite the assembly of noble beings, recite three times the clouds of offering formula, and praise them. Um, so uh, we see a change that has been made in many of the uh, monasteries. In, uh, in some monasteries, in uh, Galupa, for instance, you would see where just when you would walk into the main hall, there would be representations of uh, Lama Tsongkhapa and, and Kirtup and Jelsubje in the forefront. Uh, so it's His Holiness the Dalai Lama that actually had said that gone in looking and going back to texts, the forefront image is always supposed to be Buddha Shakyamuni, the teacher of this eon. Um, so this is why you see it here in our forefront and many of the monasteries that previously had shrine rooms that were uh, devoted solely to Kirtip Jelsip and Laman Tsongkhapa as far as imagery goes. Uh, they've um, changed at the advice of His Holiness the Dalai Lama and put Buddha Shakyamuni in the forefront. Um, so. Uh, just an aside, um, and this Rinpoche is saying uh, the uh, Mangyul is a monastery. Going back, it says the Tibetan teachers asked the great elder to convert the ritual for generating the spirit of enlightenment at Sanyik and Mangyul. Mangyul is in North Lhasa, Rinpoche said. Uh, so, uh, uh, and Sanyik was the monastery uh, um, uh, made by Shandarashita. Um, and became a translation, Sanskrit into in Tibetan translation um, capital, if you will, like where they started to translate all of the works. Um, and then this Mangyu is North Lhasa. Okay, Um, so 
Here, uh, where it says, um, as he explains in the stages of the act, you invite the assembly of noble beings, recite three times the clouds of offering formula. Um, that is this, uh, in the second page of our prayer book, the mantra for multiplying the offerings. Uh, this is the um, clouds of offering. Um, what's it called here? Formula? Should so this prayer, Om Namo Bhagavate Benzasara Pramanale Tatagata Yarate Sami Samudaya Tai Tayam Benza Benza Mahatesha Benza Mahavida Benza Mahabodhi Chitta Benza Mahabodhi Mandapa Sakamana Benza Sabakamaravarana Vishudana Benza Soha. This prayer, uh, if said if it is done three times or seven times we find in the commentaries, uh, when we see in reference to seven times, it says a rain of offerings uh, falls over all of the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas when you recite this mantra when you're making an offering. So you set up all your offerings and then it's actually, sometimes they call it opening the altar or opening the uh, offering. Um, so uh, this is the uh, clouds of offerings formula and you find it in the second page of our prayer book. <laughs> And then Lama is the Sanjishu Tuba, Tuba Tendu Jiro. Then Home Tree, then Home Tree, Guzama Guzambo Guzambo Zambo Gu Tamajalas, Tal Home Tree, and the Guzambo and Tamajan, then there was Lame. Tujishina, <laughs> ラディバシギジディカカバネムシシャセワダチュジシャバソワテザンシュマルバソンジュネラディバディバジブソンウルマドゥディチェウンドシャセワチョバブワシャバシャセワチュジシャワジュジエランワシュプチュジシャバジュ
has them imagine that they are seated in front of each of the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas and enjoins them to slowly perform the seven branches of worship. So here, saying to be clean, bathed, uh, with clean clothes on, and sit with the hands joined respectively, just in the, uh, it means with the hands together in the form of in, uh, the gesture of prayer, uh, with the thumbs inside. Um, so, uh, the guru encourages the students to wholeheartedly generate clear faith in the good qualities of the field for accumulating the collections of merit and sublime wisdom. So thinking of the excellent qualities of the merit field, uh, the excellent qualities of the, the beings and so forth. Um, and then you um, imagine that they are seated in front. It says, uh, and then you, the teacher has you imagine that the, uh, they are seated in front of each of the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas uh, and then enjoins them to slowly perform the seven limb prayer. So uh, then the, the teacher has us imagine that all of these uh, Buddhas and Bodhisattvas are seated in front of us. Um, and then once this visualization is held, then the seven limb prayer is done. And we find very long versions of the seven limb prayer presented and also short versions of the seven limb prayer. The seven limb prayer is found in uh, so many different texts. We find it in the Guide to the Bodhisattva's Way of Life. Um, all of the tantric texts, when they have a ritual, there's a presentation of the Seven Limb Prayer. Um, and it's done in various lengths. In the King of Prayers, uh, we see it done in a longer format. Uh, but then we also will find it where those limbs are merely listed, where it says, paying homage, making offering, uh, acknowledging downfalls, rejoicing uh, in the good, uh, requesting um, others to teach and entreating them not to pass. Uh, dedication is the seventh. So um, we find it in very short verse form where the seven are merely listed and then in a longer verse format as well. Um, so either way, um, you would do a seven limb prayer uh, imagining all of the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas uh, seated in front of you and then pay homage, make offerings, acknowledge downfalls, rejoice, request, entreat, and then dedicate. Digson. <laughs> Matutis <laughs> Dumbalanga, <laughs> Just 
So we imagine this um, field in front of us, the hosts of Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, and we pay homage, make offerings, acknowledge our mistakes, our downfalls, rejoice in good, uh, request and treat and dedicate. Um, and then it says, most earlier Tibetan scholars said that when you adopt the spirit of enlightenment according to the lineage transmitted through Nagarjuna and Shantideva, you practice the seven branches of worship, and then when you would, and that when you adopt it according to the lineage from Matrayana Sangha, you practice only two, uh, obeisances and offerings. So here, um, it's saying that the seven limbs are presented definitely in Shanti Deva's text, Nagarjuna's text. Uh, we find it in the Ganden Lajama, <coughs> the deities in the land of joy, hundred deities, hundred thousand. Hundred deities of the land of joy. Uh, so, uh, Ja, of course, hundred. Uh, so we find um, this seven limb prayer um, presented in so many different tantric texts and Shanti Deva's texts and and so forth. Um, and then it goes on to say, okay, Dixon, de Tome dan Shamba de Lama son. Yeah. Lodru dan. ตบกาวโดตบมาเบอืมอาเลยเดปะชาบะยุนาเดเนเซมเซมชิปะยอมาเรยาเดนเดชันชิเซมบิดุมบะกุนาเดนอามาเพมะชิลูดูดูดูด
Okay, so now there's a doubt that arises um, that is uh, clarified. Um, as it says, um, most earlier Tibetan scholars said that when you adopt the spirit of enlightenment according to the lineage transmitted through Nagarjuna and Shanti Deva, you practice the seven branches of worship, and when you adopt it according to the lineage from Matrayana Sangha, you practice only two, obeisance and offerings. What is more, in the latter case, they say, if you were to practice the confession of sins, you would need to feel regret, and thus you would be unhappy. The spirit of enlightenment must be generated in those who has a uh, mind of joy and delight. So we find, so that a doubt arises, because it says that you have to approach the Bodhisattva vow with a mind full of joy. And here it's saying, well, how can you have that mindful of joy if you generate regret, which is part of the acknowledgement of downfall section when we look at the translator's note, the four opponent powers. The first opponent power is regret. Um, so how can you do that and then have joy in taking the bodhisattva vows? So it says, this position is incorrect. With respect to the rituals of the spirit of enlightenment and the vows, the great elders said, obeisance, offering, ritual, and so forth including the other five branches of worship with the phrase and so forth. He clearly says in his stages of the activities of the guru that you should practice the seven branches before you generate the spirit of enlightenment. Further, if you do not accept the reasoning regarding regret in the position given above, then you must conclude that the spirit of enlightenment is not generated in the system of Nagarjuna uh, and Shantideva. Um, so it's saying that if you agree with this about what Maitreya and Asanga's the followers who've interpreted in this way, if you agree, then you have to then logically conclude that you cannot generate bodhicitta in the system of Nagarjuna and uh, Shantideva. So you can't, it can't be both. It, if, it, if this generation of regret causes a lack of joy, which then disallows you to take a bodhisattva vow, then it means that if they state to do this, then their system won't work. So, uh, Rimche said, let's conclude there. We need so now it's very important for us to do a proper dedication. Dedication is important so that we don't lose this virtue uh, in some passing, fleeting happiness. We want it to become a cause for our enlightenment for the sake of all sentient beings. So if we properly dedicate it to our enlightenment, then it will remain with us until it produces that enlightenment. Just like a drop of water from a bucket in the ocean is not extinguished until the entire ocean is extinguished. Likewise, properly dedicated virtue remains with us until the result occurs, which is it, it causes. Um, so uh, now we'll do a, a proper dedication so that this virtue we've created through listening to the teachings becomes a cause for our Buddhahood for the sake of others. 
The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Ozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantavadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors traversed three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. Powerful Abhulgateshvara attends in Yatso. May you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wanda, holder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts, with exceptional wisdom and perseverance.